The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, I came in the league originally a DN. Uh, I was just, unfortunately, we had guys that um, excelled at that level when I came in as Justin Houston and D4. So, you know, um, I waited my time and uh, thank God finally happened for me. Ah, back at it again. Another episode of Arrowhead Pride Presents Show and BK. BK's in the building. Serta's in the building. Uh, he sounds like hell, but he's going to fight through it. That's all right now. Uh, but uh, we do this each and every Friday. It drops. And um, all right, BK, I'm going to get right to it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous and I'm concerned and... I got some time to think about it, and I am maybe the only person who covers and talks about the Chiefs that's in this lane. I think right now, after thinking about it, it's a mistake. It's a mistake what they're doing with Chris Jones and this defensive end um, experiment they're trying to go with. I think that is a mistake. I, I am now officially against this move of moving Chris Jones to the outside. And some of the things we've been hearing this week about Melvin Ingram as a potential look, uh, the ex-charger, I think you need to go ahead and really, really take a look at that and see if, if, if you can make that deal work. Because I think, one, Frank Clark has shown us you can't trust him. You can't trust him, right? He's already going to miss some games, and he has already flat out shown you can't trust him. But even bigger, I think it gives you an insurance policy to feel comfortable about kicking Chris Jones back inside where he's dominant. I don't. I, I, I thought about it a, a, a bit more, and I, I think this is a mistake moving him out uh, to an area where he's further from the quarterback. His speed and his athleticism for his size doesn't play as well, and – I think many times he's going to be going up against the team's best offensive lineman. So I, I, I stake the claim right now on what what is it, July 9th, that Chris Jones to the outside is an absolute mistake. See, I disagree with you on this. Um, you I, I, I still think it's a perfectly acceptable move because inside, I think you're totally fine with a rotation of Tershawn Wharton, Jaron Reed, and Derek Nottie, especially on early downs. That's a perfectly acceptable interior rotation. You add in Colin Saunders if he takes a little bit of a step this year. 
That's pretty deep, actually, for most teams. And then you add in Chris Jones, who maybe he's an A-plus inside and he's a B outside. Well, that B that he gives you outside while Frank Clark is out is probably going to be your best defensive end. And you need somebody that is going to provide an edge rush. Maybe it doesn't work. That's totally in play, Ron. You might be right. When we get to September 26th, Chiefs are playing the L.A. Chargers, and we're going into that game. We might be saying to ourselves, man, I don't know. This might have been a mistake. We, we might be looking back at you saying on July 9th that this was going to be a problem, and it is. But I think you got to try it. I think you got to see what it looks like right now. We know Chris Jones is dominant inside. We know what he can do in there. This The defense is the, st- the same. It's the same scheme. It ain't changing this year. Steve Spagnuolo has been doing what he's doing for 15, 20 years now. So what's the harm in trying this out? What's the harm in finding out, okay, can Chris Jones be a B plus, maybe even an A minus on the outside? And if he is that on the outside, what kind of value does that, that have for us given the Chiefs roster construction right now, especially while Frank Clark is out? I think it's a worthwhile experiment, even if it proves faulty and it doesn't end up working three weeks into this thing. See, I don't like what you said off the top. You, you said... Yeah, they have a fine, a fine group on the inside that they can go through. I undersold them. Derek Nottie's probably going to get paid like $30 million next offseason. Jaron Reed is a highly sought-after free agent that the Chiefs were able to bring in because they're a good team, and he wants to get a payday after the year. They're good on the interior. Now, you said fine, so I'm going to stick with it. BK, I won't fine. I don't want fine when I know I got great. Like, I know I have great, and listen, Many people, and we'll, I'm sure, discuss all season. Some people think that we're about to see the demise of the Chiefs offense and they're not going to be high-powered because tenderfoot Sammy Watkins isn't around and they don't have enough receivers. I, I'm sure this is this Literally is becoming, nobody's saying that. Nobody in the world hell. is saying that. They got it's Cornell, like, pal. They'll be fine. People are <laughs> trying, fine. To, trying to say they need to drag any receiver off the street to come in because maybe they're not going to – this Chiefs offense, Antonio still, Callaway breakout season coming. Still, this <laughs> Chiefs offense still is going to present a point where you just need to get a couple stops. You just need to have a guy and make some plays. And Chris Jones from the inside is a guy that makes those plays. And I, I know he makes them. I know he's got that. I know he could do that. And when I move him outside. I may be playing with 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 fire of 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 having issues with both with both outside and inside, and I'm now I'm not getting anything from it. There is a difference to me when he's going against guards and centers that aren't as as good as a left tackle or a right tackle that he's going up against. I'm not saying Chris Jones can't get those guys. I'm just saying it's different from the outside as opposed to where he is just unique with his speed and his athleticism right there. And I know he could do that. I know I'm not fine. Hell, I got. I think there's a chance for you to move him on the outside and you be fine, as you said, on the interior, and then just be fine as well on the outside. Now, what the hell is that? No, keep his ass where he can be dominant on the inside and then – let's bring out some veterans like Melvin Egram or, or Olivier Vernon or somewhere like that. So, I mean, I understand right now I'd be nervous if I'm looking at Mike Dana and taco Char- Charlton down the pipes as as my outside guys. Like, yeah, I'm a little nervous about that. Go make a move. So you don't have to sacrifice 
your great player where he is to move him on the outside. I think what you're saying is totally fair. The place where I think I would just disagree is that like, I think what you have in the interior is more than fine. And I made the mistake of saying the word fine. That's on me. I got no issues with them going out and signing, by the way, bringing in a Melvin Ingram or Olivier Vernon. Those guys can help you. Like whether Chris Jones is on the interior, on the outside, wherever he ends up being, you still need help right now at defensive end. And I think that's totally fair to to say that. Um, I think what they're doing is more about the run than the pass. I think the Chiefs have noticed that their run defense flat out has stunk for the last like three, four, five years now. And if you're going to get better there, the best way to do that is by moving Chris Jones to the outside, having Jaron Reed and Derek Nadi playing in the interior on running downs like first and 10, second and three, those sorts of downs. You're going to see Chris Jones. That's when he's going to be playing outside. That's also when you're going to be seeing Anthony Hitchens and Nick Bolton on the field. I think they're just going bigger. They want to get more bulk out there to be able to prevent teams from running all over them, which has been a huge, huge issue for many years now. Um, And I think that's the bigger thing. I think on passing downs, third and seven, uh, second and 15, those sorts of situations, I think you're going to see Chris Jones bump back inside because they know that's where he's at his best when it comes to his pass rush presence. I don't expect to see him out there a whole lot on those situations. I think it's going to be very specific in the way that they utilize him. And I think they're going to utilize him as a weapon, similar to what you see them offensively utilizing McCole Hardman, where one time he's going to be in the slot. Maybe he lines up in the backfield and then ends up kind of motioning out. Does that that orbit motion like you're going to see him all over the place? I think that's kind of going to be what they do with Chris Jones on the defensive line. And I think it's perfectly valid to be concerned about Chris Jones moving outside. I have questions about whether or not. He is truly athletic enough to like bend the edge and go up against some of those best tackles in the NFL. But adding Melvin Ingram doesn't change the situation in any way. You're still expecting Frank Clark to likely be suspended in some way. So even if it's for the first four games of the season or whatever, you're probably going to see him bounce outside a little bit. And I just kind of want to see what happens. It's early in the year. So I want to experiment. I want them to play around because their pass rush was a problem last year. It was an issue. So their run defense has been an issue for several years, but let's not act like last year with Chris Jones on the interior, he went for like 20 sacks or something like that. They had issues getting pressure, and that wasn't Chris Jones' fault. That was Frank Clark's fault, and they still haven't addressed that. They're still banking on Frank Clark being productive, and hopefully they do bring in a veteran guy, but I want to see how that all fits together. And Maybe it's Taco Charlton. I don't know, but they still have plenty of question marks there. No, I'm not saying they don't have question marks, but I mean, if you bring in a guy, a veteran like, I mean, Melvin Ingram is the one that has been talked about uh, the most in chief circles. I think it definitely changes it. I mean, you you have a veteran, I think a guy out there that you trust that can play that role out there. Right now, you're sitting here with Taco Charlton and, and Mike Dana. Like, right. I mean, right now, like you, you, there is no I mean, you can't feel great about that. And I feel like a, a bit of that makes you feel forced to kick him outside. I think that was a, a really nice point uh, that you made, BK, about this is about the run, but this isn't 94 anymore. So what they're going to do when they see those off those four linemen out there and they see, oh, Derek Nottie and Jaron Reed and, and, and Chris Jones on the outside, well, they're going to throw. I mean, they're going to, teams are going to throw. 
they're going to change the way. I mean, as you said, I believe you all said that 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 kid is the top three quarterback in all of the league. Uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert for the Chargers. Whenever they play him, I know who you're talking two, about because you referenced the top three quarterback that's not on the Chiefs. A top two quarterback in the league, you guys believe, uh, is better than Aaron Rodgers right now. Uh, Flo uh, Herbert. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. He gets in games and he sees that front. They're going to throw. Justin Gobert. Yeah, they're going to throw. Uh, and, and I don't believe that. They believe that. I do not believe that. Uh, I just want to say that before people get confused. Show thinks that Justin Herbert's a top two quarterback. No, I don't believe that. But he said he was better than Mahomes. But they're I heard it. <laughs> but they're going. But they're going to throw. Teams are going to to throw against those fronts. And so, like, I don't think I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to dictate. Like, all right, yeah, these and unless they really get them in obvious third down situations, but I think teams are going to throw whenever they see that front against against the Chiefs. And I just I, I I thought about it and I understand the thought of all right, let's let's play around with it. Man, Chris Jones is really into it. He wants to do it and he wants to play on the outside. But no man, that that dude is great right there. That dude is great on the inside. And I know he didn't have 20 sacks last year, but but that's that's where he can be dominant. And I just I I don't want to take I don't want to just hurt two spots. And I think there is a real potential with, with doing that with Chris Jones and moving him on the outside. You might. I just I continue to think that I think my 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 kind of final assessment of the situation as we are here on July 9th, I don't think it hurts anything to try it for a few weeks in the regular season. If it fails, like if you get into mid-October and you're seeing what you're talking about right now we're on and teams are throwing on you on those running downs and you're not able to dictate anything and you're losing out on pass rush because you don't have Chris Jones out there honestly right around the time when Frank Clark gets back whenever that may be if there is a suspension that's uh, involved with this I would guess if there's a suspension it's probably going to be four-ish weeks that's right around the same time when you would probably put an end to this experiment if it goes poorly. So now you've got Frank Clark coming back. He's going to be on the outside and you naturally move Chris Jones back in. So if that means against Cleveland, Baltimore, the Chargers and Philly, you don't have maybe you've got 80 percent of what would be your normally pass rush. I can live with that because all that matters this year is what takes place in the postseason. And if Chris Jones early on this year, if it does go well, and that's the thing, like we're, we also need to leave open the possibility that this works. Finding out in the first four weeks is worthy of uh, experimenting with that. I, I guess maybe that's it. I, maybe I'm not looking at it from that standpoint. Like you all see how this, how this can be great. Like, a, a, like you can see like a, at the best of what Chris Jones, if he were playing on the outside, like, what is the ceiling that you see from him? So it would be a role similar to what you saw last year in Houston with J.J. Watt or what you've seen over the last few years, frankly, with J.J. Watt, where he's moving inside, he's moving outside, depending on what the matchup is. Like, maybe there's a game where you've got a dominant tackle on both sides and you don't see him lined up outside at all. So on that game, he's going to be an interior pass rusher and you're just going to try to create havoc that way. And then you go into the next game, maybe it's against Philadelphia, and they've got some weaknesses on the outside. Well, let's take advantage of that. If we've got a bad offensive tackle here, let's put one of our best pass rushers against him. 
So in pass rushing situations in that game, maybe you see more Chris Jones lined up outside. So I, I think it's something where you use him as basically a defensive line weapon, uh, the way that you would utilize offensive players as weapons, depending on what their skill set is. And when I said earlier, I had questions about his athleticism. It's, I think that Chris Jones is incredibly athletic. I don't know if Chris Jones is as athletic as Aaron Donald or prime JJ Watt when JJ was going out getting 18 to 20 sacks every year. Like coming off Chris, the Chris, edge. Chris Jones has, has just not done that, but he's never been asked to do that. Now, even if this blows up in their face, I still want to see them try it. I still want to see what it looks like. It, it's it's the in the first month of the season, what's it matter? Week one against the Browns, that offensive line, I bet the Chiefs are gonna have issues getting pressure. Yeah, I, what it does matter is, and we've talked about this, there's one first round bye. There's only one bye, and all these games are critical. And we're talking about the playoffs. And if you if you lose a game or lose a, a potential bye opportunity because you're fooling around with, hey, let's experiment. Let's just try some stuff with Chris Jones. And you lose a game that way, you're like, damn. I, you know, I, I wish that was different. That's that. That's my thing is, man, this isn't, this is, this is still the NFL where all of these games matter. And that one first round by is still a very critical thing. Um, and, and I think it was a big, a big part of why the chiefs got to move on to the Super Bowl the last couple of years. So that, that to me, all these games count. That's why I just think, man, just punting and experiment on things early is, is a dangerous place to go. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I wouldn't punt on it. I guess the reason is I I just think I am looking at this as he's going to spend like 40 to 50% of his time on the edge anyways. So even if they do go down this path, out of the 70% of the snaps that he's already going to be playing, because he's not out there for 100% of the snaps, honestly, that's even a little bit high. Maybe it's closer to 60% of the snaps that he typically plays less than half of those will be on the edge. So over the course of a game, it's something like 30% of your defensive snaps where Chris Jones is going to be playing outside. I just don't know that that's going to be what determines whether or not this team wins or loses a number of games. I think he can provide some value out there. And I don't think there's a ton of downside as long as you do it the right way. And I trust this. I think the biggest thing, Ron, is I trust this defensive staff. And I wasn't, I, I couldn't have said that three, four years ago, but I do trust these this defensive staff that's in place to be able to get the most out of their players when they're on the field. Yeah, I, I know I'm a little strange. Uh, this just hit me when I just looked out of the corner of my eye. You, you think Chris Jones is an Applebee's or Chili's guy? Like, you, you think if it came down to it, is Chris Jones going Applebee's or Chili's? I feel like he'd be getting the Southwest Egg Rolls at Chili's. Oh, no, Chili's, no. Right? I feel like he's a two for twat at Applebee's. He's not a two for twenty guy. No chance in hell. Easy. He he'll go. He'll guy. go crush four entrees by himself. Yeah, but I. I just. I feel like he's baby back ribs. I got a hard chilies. time respecting people who's who's choosing Applebee's over Chili's. I, I, Chili's I, is delightful. I, 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 we used to I, go I to Chili's it, a lot. I think Chili's is <laughs> is is obviously at the top of that. Now I could see I, I, there's some people I could see uh, ranking. I think he he would he would choose Applebee's 
over over Chili's. There's we so lost Drink, and I he, I don't think he's with us anymore. I know it, but I but that's another reason. <laughs> it because he went Applebee's when the rest I, of the yeah, team wanted to go to Chili's. <laughs> it was a character I, flaw. I think yeah, I think Austin oh, Ryder man. is a, a Applebee's guy. But no, I don't. I don't trust folks that go there. I mean, it is. It is a. There is a clear divide and difference oh, between I, the two no. of them. You're you're sleeping on the quesadilla burger. I haven't been to Applebee's in years, don't they but have that's like what I used $5 to always get. Bottomless margaritas or something now too. Yeah, they're trying to. Yeah, I think there's right a there. certain that's... day of the week you can get like those those cheap plastic margaritas cups and just slam like 15 of them because there's no alcohol in those. I like I I see I see Chris Jones coming in. I think he gets the chili queso dip, and I think he gets the honey barbecue uh, chicken crispers. Uh, like I, I feel like he may get a couple of orders. Of see, I think bags. he's getting ribs. I think he's getting ribs at Chili's. No, see, I don't think – no, he's in Kansas City. He's not getting ribs. I think he gets Chili's. ribs regardless. Regardless. He just yeah. got just gets ribs no matter <laughs> where he goes. Just he just, ribs. I don't know. I he's pulling. He's pulling up to Joe's and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get ribs here." He goes to Chili's. He's getting ribs there. He's getting ribs, and he's getting anywhere he goes. <laughs> Maybe I'm speaking of my order, but he's getting the chicken crispers, <laughs> and he's getting extra ranch, and he's getting and he's getting that big ass margarita. But no, Ron's no... lost like a hundred pounds since the last time I saw him in person, and he still speaks the same way about food. <laughs> I do, man. I do. I, right, I, I do. Like, I mean, that's my order at Chili's. Just to be honest with you, that the, the, the chicken. Nobody could have known we that previously. When he lived in Kansas City, we went to Chili's a lot, and he yeah. got he got the unlimited soup and salad, and he ate oh, a lot God. of soup and salad. Didn't I? Woo! They got that avocado that avocado ranch at Chili's. Good God, man! I might go to Chili's right now. Good God Almighty! He had a lot of soup, a lot of soup. I have like two yeah. or three different kinds of soup. They got good ass soup. <laughs> All right, BK inserted. All right, I want to do the game. It's a brand new game. It is sweeping the nation right now, and I'm going to do it every week right here on Arrowhead Pride Presents showing BK on the cheese. I'm going to do it every week. The game that's sweeping the nation, everybody can play it. It's called Certified or Imposter. I don't know why I have to say it like that, but I'm saying it that way. Certified or Imposter. I'm going to pick a player. I'm going to pick a player for the Chiefs, and I want to figure out if this guy is the real deal. Is he certified or is he an imposter and a real player? Will you say it a few more times in different ways? Certified and imposter. Is that it, it, that makes you feel better? That was the worst That's one. I'm not going to use that one. That was the worst one. You're not going to use that one. All right, here's the, here's the first player on the first ever game that's sweeping the nation, certified imposter. Legereus Sneed. Legereus Sneed, I'll step in because they are trying to make him a number one corner. I would have to say right now he's an imposter. Oh my god. I I I let's right now. I I like his skills. I think he's got a chance to be a a starting a starting caliber consistent corner hey maybe even an outside shot at a pro bowl down the line we'll see how it goes but right now on a championship level team right now and i know that's different because patrick mahomes kind of makes it easier for you to be a championship level team on defense as we've seen him win a championship with Rashad breeland and Traverius ward playing corner and rashad fenton as your third but 
Legereus need to me right now, because they're asking him to try to be their lead corner, I'm going to say he is an imposter. But I'm right. But before BK most undoubtedly disagrees with that, can I clarify something here? Is it certified or imposter? Because you called him a certified imposter at the beginning. As Did if I? he's worse than a regular imposter. No, 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 no. He's a certified, certified imposter. Certified or he's imposter. Like, Patrick Mahomes is certified. He's not an imposter. We don't ever have to do him. So he's just a regular imposter. He's, he's not also like a certified imposter. Justin Herbert would definitely be certified. Okay. Yes. I'll give him certified, but yes. I'm going Sneed is an imposter right now because they're trying to make him a number one corner and that, that I, I don't, I think that's a little too much on him. All right. Well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've heard today. Um, he's, he's clearly certified. Uh, you clearly, yes. In fact, so much so that he might be your second best pass rusher early in the season. Like forget being a stud corner. He had last year in nine regular season games and three playoff games. He finished those with four sacks. He had five quarterback hits, uh, three interceptions. He had multiple tackles for the dude was behind the line of scrimmage at all times on top of clearly being their best corner and being such a good corner that if he played all 16 games, I think you could have made a case that he was on the verge of potentially making a Pro Bowl. If this team has a first-time Pro Bowler next year, it would not surprise me to see Legereus Sneed in that role. He's so good that the question is not, is he your number one corner? The question is, where is he more valuable? Is he better to use in the slot or is he better to use outside? And that's what determines who else enters the lineup for the Chiefs. now. If you've got questions about their other corners, I'm not here to argue with you about that. I've got questions about Charvarius Ward. I have no idea who the number three cornerback on the team is right now behind them. I'm guessing it's DeAndre Baker, but if they decide to put Legereus Sneed outside, maybe it is Rashad Fenton. I think that's a totally valid question, and if you ask me on any of those dudes, as of today, they're all imposters as being number two corners. But Legereus Sneed, I think, is certified not only as being a good player, but as being a legit number one corner in the NFL, much less for the Chiefs. Right now, right, right now, now, he's a you feel you two feel legit. Every number game one. that he was on the field for the Chiefs last year, I felt confident he was going to lock down his side of the field. Every single game that he was in there, and every yeah, game I'm that not. he was not out there, I did not have that same confidence in whoever the Chiefs corner that was filling in. Oh, I'm not there yet. Not locked down. Oh hell no. I I like. As close to being a lockdown cornerback as you can be in 2021, because those guys don't really exist anymore. Yeah, like to me, I'm thinking to myself, like, do I feel like, all right, man, I can leave him over there with Keenan Allen, and I feel pretty good about that matchup. I'm just looking at guys in the division, like, and I'm like, whoo, I don't like, I'm not there yet. I, I love, like I said, I love the the skill set. Right? If we're talking about an NFL corner, I would not say imposter. I'm saying that in regards to trying to like putting the pressure on this kid that, all right, this is going to be our top guy. We don't feel like we need to make a move at corner because especially, or at least a better corner because Snead is a number one level corner. Now, would I be surprised off my ass if he didn't, if he made the pro bowl kind of, 
Uh, I mean, the Pro Bowl is a deal where, like, first-time guys, like, you got to – It's tough. Unless, unless you get eight or nine interceptions or something, you got to, like – Which he might. That. He could. Like, I mean, the last one, we, we've seen that. Marcus Peters got, like, eight or nine interceptions as a rookie and made uh, and made the Pro Bowl. Second-team All-Pro. But I, I, I don't know if I'm there with him yet. I don't know that I feel just straight-up comfortable – with all right, this is a because when I think of number one corner BK and Serta, I think this is a guy that I don't have to all the time feel like I gotta have help with with the other team's best receiver. Like I don't feel like I gotta have somebody. There are some portions of the game where I can just leave him by himself with who he's covering and not give help. I don't feel that way with him, and I feel like there's kind of pressure being put there on him to be the number one corner. And I hope you all are right. I don't, I, I, like I said, I love his skill set and the things that he could do and you could see real potential. I just don't know if he's ready in that spot yet right now. So I, I guess the way that I would respond is like, is he Tredavious white of the Buffalo bills? No. Is he Jalen Ramsey? Is he Jair Alexander? No, those dudes are like, legit top of the line blue chip talent outside corners right is he is he marcus peters he's different than marcus peters i think he's a better cover guy and don't 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 misinterpret what i'm saying here i think i get it marcus is a as a playmaker that turns the ball over and sometimes yeah yeah i feel more confident that a greater percentage of the time you will see Legereus need in good coverage on the guy that he is defending than I did with Marcus Peters. Now, Marcus Peters was a very specific skill set that I don't think anybody else in the league has, and I loved Marcus Peters. They're just so different, it's hard to compare the two. But something that is super valuable about the way that Legereus Sneed plays, he played safety and corner in college, so he has the ability to play deep. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. And I know sometimes people hear the idea of a slot corner and they're like, oh, well, that's less valuable than outside. In today's game, it's not. If you look up where Travis, or not Travis Kelsey, although he does, where Tyree Kill lines up the majority of the time, it's in the slot. Teams want to get their best players, their best playmakers into the slot so that way they can utilize those matchups. Because a lot of these guys that we mentioned are outside corner. James Bradbury for the Giants. He's playing outside all day long. Jalen Ramsey is mostly going to play outside. Legereus Sneed is not that way. If you've got a matchup where, like you said, you've got somebody that's coming into KC and they play a majority of the time in the slot, you can just put Legereus Sneed in the slot that game. Kind of so like, like what we're talking so about like, with Chris like Jones. For you, for like you, week one, when Odell Beckham comes into town, you feel pretty good about... Uh, I'm not saying no one's a, a shut. It's hard to find shutdown guys, but you feel pretty good about him following Odell Beckham around, like you, oh, you Odell or Jarvis, whoever you prefer. I think I might put him on Jarvis just because I think he's going to get more of the targets. But yeah, yeah. See, I, I, sir, I'm not oh. like I'm not at that point yet. Well, and the reason I also believe that he is certified, and I don't know if he's a legitimate lockdown corner just yet in the NFL 
But similar to a guy you guys already brought up, Marcus Peters, I think that Legereus Sneed is just a playmaker. Like I, Mar- He's not the same kind of playmaker that Marcus Peters is, because Marcus Peters is out here playing corner like he's Ed Reed or something. Like He's just going for picks all the time, and he's just going for the turnovers and the flash plays and stuff like that. I think Legereus Sneed is a guy who can be a potential lockdown guy, but he's incredible at blitzing like we saw him have a huge huge impact there where you don't generally see corners in the modern day NFL have a huge impact as a blitzer on a regular basis and they continue to have him do that and like BK mentioned he can move in the slot he can go outside playing in the slot in the modern day NFL is more difficult in my opinion than playing outside because you have when you're on the outside as an outside corner and the reason Bradbury and guys like that are so incredible at it You can use the sideline as an extra man, basically, to kind of box out your wide receiver. In the slot, you have to play all directions of the field. I think it's a much more difficult position to play in the modern-day NFL, and Legereus Sneed proved that he could do that exceptionally well last year, too. Like, There's no reason to believe that he can't be... A one of the you know five best players on this roster, in my opinion, like in, in the early going of next season. Five best players on the yes. roster. Yeah, I think we got out of our out ahead of our skis a little bit there. Five best players. No, yes. no, 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 BK, we're we're gonna pull the car over. I want you to start. I want you to start naming who who Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Tyron Matthew. Chris Jones. Okay, maybe seven. Maybe seven best players. What about Zeus? You got you got him you got him floating over. I said Zeus Kelsey, well. did I? No, I said Zeus. I'm talking about Orlando Brown, the left tackle. You got him. I call Kelsey Zeus too. I said seven. Is it his daddy? I've been calling British. that man Zeus Brown. I thought that's what they called him. Uh, maybe they call him that too. I don't know. Yeah, that I'm might be his Twitter on. handle. I don't. You're I don't just, remember what like, it is. God, man, I. Well, you just. Let I was go. I was going, and, and I just said it. But yeah, like seven, eight, seven, eight, perfectly fine with that. Wow. Okay. All right. He plays. He definitely plays an important. Like right now, you know how hard I am on Frank Clark. Like I, like I, I can't put him over Frank right now. Like I don't feel comfortable doing that. Oh, he he was better last year than Frank Clark was. He, he was a better football player last year for the Chiefs than Frank Clark. I, I wouldn't – yeah, Frank was was not great. I'm just saying as we start this Frank year – Frank only had four more sacks last year than Legereus Sneed. As we start – impressive. As we start this year, though, I'm just saying for me, like when I talk about history and everything that's occurred, I, I, I'm not sure that I would jump him over that yet. I I don't know, man. I, I, I hope that I am wrong, but but in terms of number one – corner until I see other evidence for me right now thinking about a guy following somebody a guy that's going to take that assignment every week to to find it's against Odell against uh, uh, Keenan Allen against I don't know who Denver has but against against Corlin all these Sutton. Teams. they got some good receivers Jerry Judy Jerry Judy okay. KJ Hamler Noah Fant a bit more. offense right. is loaded it's not um, but uh but <laughs> They're but scared. no, I, I think, I think I, I'm just not ready to go there yet with him. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully I am wrong. Hopefully by week four or five this season, we're sitting there looking at, hey, show you was dead ass wrong about Snead. Dead so, ass wrong. Here's my question as a follow-up to this. Like, I, I'm really high on Legereus Snead, so much so that like, as we're thinking about this right now, is there another corner other than Marcus Peters that you would take in the last – Five ten years from the Chiefs that are better than Legereus Need? Am I am I missing somebody? 
I mean, I don't. I mean, they have struggled at that position. If we're counting Tyron as a corner in this scenario, then yes. But no, I no, I wouldn't take him over Tyron. Uh, I mean, I would take Tyron at corner over him. No, I mean, this is. I mean, we're looking at the Terrence Mitchells. That may be the next guy. I mean, it, I mean, Brandon they, Carr was kind of had a little bit of time there. Brandon Flowers. Um, so I was going to say James Hasty. I mean that was that was more <laughs> no, than that was twenty we're going years back ago, like but, twenty years now. But I mean, they, I mean, but that's I think he's probably their second best corner of the last decade. I mean that, and I feel pretty confident saying that now. I mean that's it's pretty impressive. It's not. I mean the the Chiefs' cornerback position has been absolutely pathetic. I mean, they, I mean, they, they, I mean. I mean, I guess you could say it, impressive. I mean, just start, start. But they've had some it. good defenses. Try it, try it. Name some corners. I, I just gave in you the last two. in the last ten years. Now, is that does Brandon Carr even fit in the last ten years? Barely. He, he's I'm, right sh- on the I'm shocked that he fits in that. I'm gonna say that, that that's been a minute. Like they, who who were they rolling? Terrence Mitchell was on the other side. What the uh, hell else were they rolling out at corner? Uh... Steven Nelson. Oh, come on. Handsy Steve. Um, uh, remember my favorite, uh, Lando? Dude, who Sean was Sean Smith. Uh, Sean Smith was good. Yes, Sean Smith. That's who I was Sean thinking. Smith was legitimately what good. was his name? You yeah, know he what? was. Actually, he was good for them. He was solid. That's for a, a good comp. Time. That's a good comp for how I feel about Legereus Sneed. I feel about Legereus Sneed how I felt in his prime about um, Sean Smith. And I always felt Sean Smith was a two. Like I, 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 I felt I, like he played up to a one with the Chiefs. Yeah, he had his. I think he had the best years of his career with the Chiefs, and that was when those were those Bob Sutton defenses that were like actually decent and were were actually competitive every year instead of getting exploited by NFL offenses. Yeah, I I think he did play his best years. It still wasn't a a, a one. I felt like he was a strong two, and that's that's just where I feel like the kid is. The kid is right now. I feel I, like we're talking about, you know, in baseball, how we talk about number one pitchers versus aces. Yeah. I feel like you're looking for aces. I'm talking about a strong number one starter. Like that, that's what I, I view these guys as. Are they aces? No. That's where you're getting into your Jalen Ramseys and um, the, the top end talent. These guys, I think, are legit number one starters on a good team. Yeah. Um, like if we're talking about like that, I, I think he's a two starter. Like he's a number two starter in where eater? I am right now. Yeah, I, I think he, uh, Kyle Gibson that has potential. No, he's better than Kyle Gibson. I just think he's somebody who's got all star Kyle potential. Gibson and Mizzou made, huh. sir. But if he's you know if he's a number two, a guy that you're not going to look at as a number one headed into the year, then he's Bashad Breeland, and Bashad Breeland was perfectly fine for your secondary because that's what Bashad Breeland is viewed as in the NFL. I'll give you that. I, I'll give you that, but still with Brashad Breeland, like, I mean, he was a guy that you didn't just leave alone on folks. Like, you didn't just say, all right, man, Brashad's got Hopkins. Let's just do it. Or I feel good about got- Breeland in 2019. Last year, I felt like he took a little bit of a step back for the Chiefs, but I thought in 2019, like, when you look back at that highlight reel of some of their biggest defensive plays in that season, a vast majority of them involved Brashad Breeland. So I, I'm just I'm higher on there. I also, once again, kind of to our our initial topic here tonight, Ron. I feel better about their coaching staff. Like I just I trust their coaches to get the most out of their corners, maybe more so than any other spot on this roster because they've been so depleted at that position for so long that the fact that they've even been able to get competent 
cornerback play over the last few years is nothing short of remarkable. Yeah. All right. I guess we do have to do, to, to do our annual or our weekly conversation of the Chiefs need help at receiver because I, through this week, Serta has sent me, oh, man, Josh Gordon. Ooh, the Chiefs should go look Woo! at Josh Gordon, who cannot who cannot play, who cannot stay on the field. I mean, I talk about you can't trust Frank Clark. Josh Gordon just tells you right away, I'm not going to be able to stay on the field, but you can sign me. And then I've seen – I don't know about you, sir, but I've seen many people discuss Nikhil, uh, uh, Nikhil Harry, uh, the Patriots' uh, 2019 first-round no, pick. Who is who is requesting requesting a trade? Many people have talked about. Hey, man, maybe the Chiefs should take a look at this. Are we are we serious about this? A guy who has been a bust right now in Nikhil Harry with the Patriots. Now, granted, some of that quarterback play in year two that he faced last last year with Cam and Brian Hoyer isn't really the great thing to help you out with. But a guy who's been a bust, 86 targets in the last two years uh, since he's been in the league. And then Josh Gordon, who, who, who just cannot stay on the field. And, hell, I don't even know how good he is anymore right now. He, I mean, he hasn't even played long enough to even know how good. It's been a long time, eight, nine years since he led the NFL in, in receiving yards. Like, we are not in this desperation mode that it feels like every week. Please tell me why the Chiefs need to go take a look at these two guys. Please sell me on this garbage. Serta, I'll let you try to sell us on uh, going out there and getting one of these guys. Josh Gordon's your dude. Well, yes, I love Josh Gordon. Uh, He had a couple catches with the Patriots a couple years ago. He still got it, all right? He had a catch with Russell a couple years ago in, like, week 16. It's like, Josh Gordon still got it, baby. No. Yes, obviously there's question marks, obviously there's flags, but if he gets reinstated, I'm interested in taking a look at him because it doesn't cost you anything to bring him into camp and just cut him if he can't keep it together. If you think, yes, he's just not good at football anymore, he's out of shape, he's just hasn't had the reps over the last several years to maintain the level of athleticism and play that you need to succeed in the modern day NFL. But if we're talking about we want another camp body and we want to bring in another wide receiver and see what happens, I'd be very interested in bringing in Josh Gordon, especially over Nikhil Harry. I understand Nikhil Harry is only 24 years old, but he has just not looked like a competent NFL wide receiver. The Patriots haven't done a lot to help him out, but he hasn't been very good in the NFL. Doesn't get create separation in any way. Not interested. I wasn't really that interested in him as a prospect. I am on the Josh Gordon train because I want to see as many weapons as possible with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe we believe fifth round wide receiver Cornell Powell is the answer or McColl's finally going to take a huge step forward on the outside, which is out of position for him. But I'd like to see I'd like to go to training camp and see Josh Gordon practicing with the Chiefs and see what that looks like. Yeah, I'm out on Josh Gordon. Um, You should be. I want Josh Gordon to succeed, and I hope he latches on somewhere and is super successful and has nothing but the best moving forward. I just don't think that's going to be with the Chiefs. The Chiefs have a bunch of lottery tickets, and at this point in his career, it makes me sad to say this, but that's what Josh Gordon is. Nikhil Harry stinks. Like He's just a bad football player, so there's no reason for the Chiefs to be interested in him If the Chiefs are going to go a free agency route, again, I don't think this guy significantly improves you from what you already have, 
But the only guy that's available that I would be interested in is D.D. Westbrook. And again, I don't think that's any sort of significant upgrade. He's basically Antonio Callaway. And you have Antonio Callaway already on your roster. So I think what they have right now is probably barring some sort of trade or a surprise cut after camp, what they're going to have going into the season. And that is a little bit concerning because what you're looking at right now is Tyreek Hill, which is great. But then McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Cornell Powell, Byron Pringle, and then probably one of Marcus Kemp, Garrick Dieter, Antonio Callaway, or Darius Shepard. One of those guys is probably going to be the final roster spot for the wide receivers. That just doesn't inspire a ton of confidence from me. The only guy that I feel good about is Tyree Kill, and then everybody else is a massive question mark. And when I read earlier this week from Nate Taylor of The Athletic, and I quote, from the voluntary weight workouts and the team's mandatory minicamp, McCall Hardman appears to be in position to have a breakout season as mm. he is expected to have the role previously held by Sammy Watkins. That's terrifying for me. I don't, terrifying? Think he, I don't think he's a guy that profiles to play in that role. Sammy Watkins was a prototypical X wide receiver where he can line up on the line of scrimmage and beat man press coverage. That is the opposite of what McCole Hardman profiles as. In fact, the only guy on the team, maybe you got two of them that can do that, I think, is Cornell Powell and Byron Pringle. And I don't think those guys are starting level wide receivers, at least not right now. So I I just don't think they have that guy on the roster today. Yeah. I, 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 listen, I, I, I think, as I've said before, that is something that is being overblown. You're using the words terrified. I mean, my God, that's, that feels a bit strong. That feels a bit strong. And to you, sir, to Josh Gordon, I, and I, I hope he hooks up with Chip and Joanna Gaines down in Waco, and maybe they can you know, do some kind of work with him. Maybe he can help build some houses and, and work at Magnolia Farms. I don't think I, they're I, into weeds, so I don't think I, that's going to go particularly well. I think they can help people. I think he got a better chance of his life getting on track than him coming and playing the National Football League. So I'd, I'd rather J- Josh Gordon get to that point. But man, just I, I just the, slander is the only thing that I can call it on with McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. And and I listen. I'll, I'll say there is some fairness to what they have shown thus far. Uh, in their career but I do think especially with Hardman is young and I don't think that he's really had a a a real fair moment to come in and say all right this job is mine I know exactly where I'm going to be I do think he's had to learn multiple positions and do a lot of different things to get on the field and I just that playmaking ability that he has is there he is a big play waiting to happen and I I guess just like you believe so much in luxurious need, I, I, I think that's where I am in Hardman. And I think that explosive playmaking ability to go along with the play caller and the person throwing the ball and never, ever will coverage be slanted his way. He will always be able to 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 go against weaker corners, at least the team's weaker corners, and, and probably one-on-one coverage. And I, I, I gotta, I gotta see that he can complete. He will completely be a failure. Like I, I just think there's just too much around him, and, and and Robinson too. Like Robinson, he just needs to be solid. And 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 I think, I think. And the thing fine. that I've always said about Demarcus Robinson is he's just super solid and reliable. 
And, and to me, that's that, that's. I've I, never once said that about Demarcus Robinson. Uh, <laughs> never. <laughs> well, I'm saying it, and I just I Man. think he could be. I think he could just be if he just is is solid. Is this year five in Andy's plays. playbook? Still can't remember all of his routes. Hey, if he can remember the eight that he needs to, the the, the eight, the seven or eight that he needs to, like, come on, man, like. Like Demarcus Robinson has not been trash, and he is no, not no. big. He's garbage. perfectly fine. Demarcus Robinson is a. Per- I said the word fine earlier. I'll say it once again here. It, it just, actually applies to Robinson. I'm just he saying, not a you, high level starting wide receiver. Well, no, he's not. And, but but to me, when you're talking about bringing Josh Gordon from the dead, a football dead, excuse me, not dead, but the football dead, and people are talking about Nikhil Harry and other. You're talking about D.D. Westbrook. Those guys are good enough where you don't feel like you need to go drag those guys. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, like some people I've heard who really have belief in Byron Pringle, that he's going to be something. I'm not going to go that far. But those those two, to go along with with Tyreek Hill, like I, I think you are just – you are just fine right there to be the explosive offense you need to be with those guys. And I do think, especially Hardman, I'm not going to say nothing about Demarcus Robinson taking a step forward, but I do think McCole Hardman takes a step, a step forward. And I trust Nate Taylor and Nate Taylor's very smart gentleman. That was a beautiful, beautifully read, uh, great pros, whatever. I hadn't read it yet, but I'm going to, it was beautifully done. And I agree with it. He's, he's set. It, it, the stage is set for him to make this just calm down. True or false, the Chiefs year? have the thinnest wide receiver core in, in the AFC West. Mm. Not the worst, because they have, I mean, if you're looking at top two, no, you would take nobody in the NFL probably over what the Chiefs have. But in terms of depth, I think they the, have the thinnest in the in the AFC West. What are the Raiders rolling out after Henry Ruggs and... So the Raiders going into the season have Brian Edwards, who's a pretty good player out of South Carolina, yeah, third-round pick year. last year. Yeah. Um, Hunter Renfro, John Brown, Willie Sneed, and Zay Jones. Uh, I, no, I, I would take the Chiefs over them. I, I would, would take John them. Brown over any of the secondary receivers the Chiefs have. And Brian Edwards. Yeah, I'm not taking Brian Edwards. Uh, I, but <laughs> Brian Edwards he, has some upside. He didn't do much as a rookie, but he's got some upside. John Brown Brian is a, Edwards so is exactly did, now, the now, type now, of player that you now, now, how the hell does he get to have upside and McCole Hardman doesn't? <laughs> well, now, how the hell does Brian Edwards get to have upside and McCole Hardman doesn't? I never said that McCole Hardman doesn't have upside. My issue with McCole Hardman is that he has shown through two years in the NFL, yeah, he's faster than everybody on the football field except for Tyreek Hill. But that's all he can do. Tyreek can go up and get a football. Tyreek can make a, a cornerback look like a joker on the field. I haven't seen that from McCole Hardman. I haven't seen McCole Hardman go up and get a football ever in his NFL career. I'm not sure McCole Hardman is athletic enough to play on the outside and go up and get a contested football. The other thing, Ron, is it, it's less to me about his upside and more about his role. And I don't think the role that they want to utilize him in this year is one that's going to accentuate his skills. I think the role that he would have to be in for that would include Tyree Kill not being on the roster. And I think that was part of why he was drafted. I mean, you go back to draft night, we could all see what happened there. Um, I think they felt that the role that Tyree Hill has in their offense is so valuable that they could not go a season without somebody having the ability to fill that. And now they're trying to basically put a square peg into a round hole. 
And I don't think he's the guy to go there. I mean, we can go to the Chargers as well. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, uh, Jalen Guyton. I liked their depth a little bit better than the Chiefs as well. The, the Chiefs have the top-end talent to far exceed every other team in the NFL, and they've got the quarterback to make this thing work. But their depth is a real issue, and when cutdowns come, there are going to hopefully be better options than what are available right now out there on the market. And I hope that the Chiefs are interested and are and do consider somebody or maybe multiple somebodies that can come in and help this roster at receiver because they are depleted there in terms of their talent. I can't wait till this damn season starts. Depleted. I mean, depleted. Good God, man. I mean, I'm just serious. Do you think it's going to be somebody like – I feel like the people that are going to be available are in the range of Byron Pringle or in the range – nobody's going to be as good as Demarcus Robinson. Can you imagine if this team had Zach Paschal? God, that, that's the kind of guy they need. <laughs> I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. Zach Pascal? I mean, he's had some good fantasy games, man. Phil, you, Phil you, loved him. On, Phil loved his take, work ethic. I, I'm serious. I, I was going to end it. You would take – who are you taking Zach Pascal over on this uh, – this, in, in this role? Are we talking about in the Sammy Watkins role? Yeah, yeah. Whatever role every, you want, every receiver on the roster not named Tyreek Hill. BK, you can't be Brandon. You can't be serious. <laughs> you, you want Brandon? Zach, yeah. pa- the Indianapolis Colts. Zach Pascal. This, 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 this that that fella. I'm trying to remember no, number fourteen. That guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine Anthony Miller. Are you just going team. along with it now, Serta? Anthony going- Miller. I'd love Anthony Miller. I, I feel like the Bears have wasted his potential. I'd love to see Anthony Miller on this team. I'm telling you. Zach Pascal's a little farther than I'm willing to go. <laughs> this team needs at depth. At least you have, they don't have least, any ro- they don't have any depth at the position. At least you, no, 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 no. Now, okay, you could say you could say some concern about some depth, but you're rolling Zach Pascal and you just said you'd take him over everybody else. Like I I, I no, I'm sorry. I, I I I can't get that. God, I cannot wait till this season starts. My Muhammad God, Sanu, washed up Muhammad Sanu would be great. You're not being it's a nice veteran presence. That's what they need. Least, they need I, a dude that can go out there and give them 50 catches for 700 yards. And you don't think McCole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson in that role are capable of doing that? I think they might be capable of doing it, but I don't think it's going to be reliably. So you're saying that you think they can do it next year. One of them can do that. I think they will have to because they're going to be peppered with targets. I do not think it is going to be efficient, and I do not think you are going to go into a week-in, week-out basis and say to yourself, man, I'm so glad that McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson are our number two wide receiver. I got don't it. don't think you're ever going to say that. Auden Tate. There you go. Exactly. Right, yes. We're done. Just Perfect. 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 That's, That's a dream scenario. Hit up Cincinnati right now. I'm out right now. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, that's BK who's been drinking. That's Serta who's just being himself, who at least we found that he does at least draw the line somewhere. I thought for sure he'd just go with Zach Pascal, but at least Serta has some space where he can draw the line. Right. Can you imagine Travis Fulgham on this team? God, he'd be so great at the next receiver. Oh, yeah. He, he had that stretch for the Eagles last year. Is that incredible. is Serta. They're running me up a wall right now. I'm out. You guys can keep throwing out these ridiculous wide receivers. I'm not even doing it. I'm not even going to do it. What about Kiki QT? 
Maybe he can jump in. No, he's the same yeah, guy they have. He's just a slot wide receiver. Doesn't do anything. How about Dante Macri? Right? How about that guy? He's 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 still in the league. 